Lindsay, and you're listening to Hobbits at Heart. <laughs> Yay! I'm so sorry. I can't stop laughing. I know. I was trying really hard not to laugh saying that. We did a really good job. We're here. We know how to introduce ourselves and the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. As we say every week, we are so excited to have you all back with us. And I'm really excited because I actually really enjoyed reading chapter two. But what's more exciting is that we have a special guest host with us today, our friend Steven. Hello. Hi, everybody. I am also excited. Hey, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It, it feels like home already. Honestly, Stephen, like you were one of our top guests that we wanted to have on this season because you have been such a big supporter of us and such a big fan. And we were just like, we knew we wanted you to be our very first guest. So thank you for being here. Shucks. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I just really love seeing my friends excel at things. Uh, especially when those things coincide with my exact interests. And uh, <laughs> it's just, it's been a delight. This has been, uh, this podcast has really been like my little like mac and cheese on a cold night, but for your ears. Um, <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> it's like hanging out with my friends that oh my I gosh. couldn't see for two years. It's been great. Mm-hmm. The comfort food. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Well, vegan oh, comfort food. I think somebody's right. vegan, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, some. Yeah, dairy free. Try. Oh, no. gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. it is the most allergen-friendly comfort mac and cheese food on a stormy night. I'll Mm -hmm. take that. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Steven, so we wanted to ask you, since you mentioned that this coincides with your interests, uh, when did you first Mm -hmm. discover Lord of the Rings? Have you been a fan for a really long time? Did you read the books, watch the movies? Tell us all about it. I uh, discovered Lord of the Rings when I was in first grade, and my best friend at the time, Austin, uh, invited me go, to go see a movie and so I was like sure absolutely I was a little stressed that it was PG-13 because I was in the first grade but I was like I'm like really cool so I'm not gonna say anything about it um and uh and it was the Fellowship of the Ring and I was obsessed like I, granted I did not like the bit where, where like they were like birthing the Urukai or what, like <laughs> there, there was that kind of a scene that might be in the second movie but there's like there's a scene in that first movie that feels orc birthy and I did not enjoy that mm-hmm. but other than that absolutely loved it um I uh, I immediately got the uh, like a bookmark at Barnes and Noble because it had the ring on it, and I like untangled it from the tassel and wore it all the time. Oh, cute! Uh, That's adorable. So I was like hooked from the start. I um I did have the books. I had asked them for uh for Christmas shortly after um, and I was really upset because originally my mom wanted to get me like this really gorgeous set that I wish that I had as an adult now, but I insisted that I wanted the movie covers be. Because the two towers had Legolas on it, oh. and I wanted that. Oh. I think um, that's, the, that's the set I have too. <laughs> yes, and it has the Hobbit. And it's the green cover for the Hobbit, and it did kind of bother me that there wasn't a theatrical one for that. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, it's the classic gay question of like, did I want to be Legolas or did I want to marry Legolas? Like, we don't know. <laughs> that line is still blurred. I'm pretty sure that at this point, I just wanted to be him because the elves were so cool. <laughs> uh, and um, 
and that started me off on my Lord of the Rings journey. Uh, the Hobbit, I have had a tumultuous relationship with mm-hmm. True Confessions. Um, it is the only book that I've ever thrown at a wall. What? Granted, uh, bear in mind, I was in third grade when I was reading this for the first time, uh, but I threw okay. it when I was in fifth grade. Uh, I <laughs> don't think I appreciated the conversational and uh, flamboyantly cadenced syntax that Tolkien uses like at the time I was like just shut up and get to the point that's so like, funny. And, which like looking at it as an adult I'm like oh gosh this is lovely like it reads a lot like J.M. Barry's Peter Pan where it's, it's conversational and like is meant to be read aloud uh and I, I'm loving oh, it yes. now but I funnily enough I never finished the book I got to when they get to the mountain like I, if I read two more pages I would have met the dragon but <laughs> uh, 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 got really upset instead. So this has been um, me giving a, a little uh, another chance, and so far I'm really glad I did. Oh, that's great! So you're rereading it now for the first time since you did when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fun! And and you haven't thrown it at the wall yet? No, I have not. I am actually really, really <laughs> enjoying this. I love the because it's it's definitely written for children, but again, like I think needs to be read aloud, and it. It has just been so comfy to read. It just feels like a little fantasy hug that that's safe because I know the ending. Like, I don't know. It's, I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Well, I I have to say, though, even though I haven't read it before, I feel that too. It's not just because it's like, oh, it's one of your favorite books or whatever it may be. Because, Lindsay, I know obviously this is like your favorite book. So it feels like home when you read it. But it just has that feeling even reading it for the first time. And we're literally only in chapter two. So I can echo that for you. But I can't stop laughing, thinking about you as a fifth grader, complaining about the flamboyantly cadenced syntax of Tolkien. <laughs> I was really pretentious as a kid. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like... Don't even apologize. I think it's so funny. I was so frustrated. But like, again, loving this now, um, especially after finding the narration that you had talked about on the first episode, which like I had no idea that you guys had found uh, that audiobook version. He is the perfect person to read along to because he really knows the text and can make it feel like someone telling you a story. It's been lovely. Mm -hmm. I like that you say that it sounds like it's meant to be read aloud because I wonder if that kind of is what Tolkien was imagining, right? Like reading it aloud to his son, you know, parents reading it Mm -hmm. aloud to their children or whatever, Um, which I definitely want to read it to my children if I ever have any. (laughs) Um, It gives me like Princess Bride vibes. You know how that movie starts with him reading it out loud? I want that, but with The Hobbit. Like it starts, a movie starts with someone reading it out loud and then they go into the movie. I think that would be cool. That'd be cute. I think, isn't that what they do in the Hobbit movies? I think, isn't it for I haven't the, seen it. I, I haven't seen it. I'm so sorry. I actually don't remember. I have only seen the Hobbit movies, I think, like, two or three times, maybe, because, you know, okay, wait. as we've talked about. How many Hobbit movies are there? Three. There are three. From one book? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they add a lot of the, I don't know if they were pulling from the Silmarillion or the appendices, but they added other stuff um to but like it's like filling in like where Gandalf went when he left like they talk about in the second chapter like oh, it does that okay, stuff okay. I thought it was cool I only saw it the one time but I was at the red carpet doing interviews for the last movie what um <gasps> yeah I should have led with that that's a way cooler story than me being a fifth grader uh yeah no I, um, it's not no it's not um I was helping a guy I was dating at the time uh 
because like he did like red carpet interviews and stuff. And so I was doing interviews with the cast members. <gasps> um, and uh, but Richard Armitage did not walk, and I was very upset. But um, I feel like that doesn't surprise the, uh, me for some reason. <laughs> he was like too cool. Yeah, for it. and I don't know if Luke Evans walked either, but. Uh, um, but like the the dwarves loved me. Like I, I'm pretty sure that they went and like had a uh, had a couple before they came. But they were like, because like it, we had to ask really tacky questions, and like one of them was like, "What's your favorite Christmas song?" Which like I did not want oh to my ask. God. Which I really hard to ask. But they were like, "Well, we'll tell it to you if you sing it with us." And I was like, "I mean, sure." So I had like four of these dwarves who were also like many of them were tall dudes. Yeah, like they were not, uh, and, and and they were like, these big hulking hairy dudes. And we're just like, yeah, let's all sing together. So we started singing Silent Night. <laughs> and uh, and one of them gave me a uh, cherry sour Skittle, which like, quite frankly, you never give red Skittles to people that you don't like. So I like to think that we're friends. I'm pretty sure that one was balling. That is so cool. Oh Wait, hold God. on. Okay, I have a follow-up question because I'm so jealous yes. that you met them. That is yeah. so awesome. Um, did you meet? <laughs> okay, this is my other nerdy, like, obsession coming out have you seen outlander i haven't <sighs> okay because one of the dwarves in the hobbit is in outlander he's like a pretty main character now i need to look up which one he is which one was he feeling wait was he the who hot one? oh he's the bald one wait who is he in outlander the main no, no, guy no, 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 no. oh wait no i'm thinking i'm not thinking outlander i'm thinking um what's that show that mike was watching Cold dark Pole dark. Pole dark. Oh, because if I met the main guy in Pole Dark. Oh, oh, he's um, he's in he's in the Hobbit. Wait, did you meet him? Um, I think he plays either Feely or Keely. I don't think that I met either Feely or Keely because I certainly would have remembered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I I definitely met like the Oins, the Gloins, the Biffers, the Bumbers, the. Uh, all the, oh all the my other pairs and triplets. Gosh, this just made me so happy and also excited to see the movies because I know the movies don't have the best reputation, but I'm still excited to get yeah. to that point to watch them and form my own opinions. It's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, I personally enjoyed them. I, I can't wait to hear what you guys think because like I I enjoyed them, like watching them on like a Saturday evening with my dogs and a, and a cup of wine. Like like that mm -hmm. was lovely, but I, I get why it doesn't have the like longevity and the heavy fanness of uh, of the original movies. Also, because there's more like CGI stuff as opposed to all the practical effects and stuff like that. And so I, I get it, but they're I think they're fun. Yeah, I mean yeah. I have so many thoughts, but I'll save it for when we get there. But uh, <laughs> the the one that I was the actor I was thinking of is Graham McTavish. He plays Dwallin. He's the bald one, and I just you know think he's great. That's all. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that I did, to be honest. Oh, I'm excited. It was a lovely evening. That is so awesome. Uh, if I could relive it through your shoes or like watch it through your eyes. Wait, that hold on, so more cool. questions. That sounds so weird, but sorry, Kelsey. <laughs> sorry, Kelsey, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> yes, Lindsay. <laughs> I just I'm thinking about this. Like, did you meet Ian McKellen? Did you meet Martin Freeman? I, I don't I, like again, I think that we got there we were like kind of farther back on the line because we weren't like a major like news network or anything like that and so i think that they did like the the big spots and then peeled off we saw luke i remember seeing luke evans walk by and he's met some people but didn't get didn't get quite to us like we just missed him um but i think that we like sir ian and uh martin also jumped ship pretty early but richard armitage didn't sir show up at all ian. yeah it's sir ian mckellen Wow. Oh, this is the best story ever. It doesn't so even matter glad. what else we talk about today. This is the coolest thing ever. I'm so glad.
Um, I was going to share a story really quick Please. because you were talking about the dwarves and Lindsay came over the other day and randomly was talking to my roommate Mike about uh, if they could name all the dwarves. And I just have to say proudly that I could name all of them off the top of my head except for three after only reading chapter one. You and miss? I felt really, really good. I missed uh, Ori, Dory, and Nori. Mm-hmm. Those are the three that Is I that always forget. Names? Yes. And I just, but I was really proud that I got the rest. And um, yeah, I just wanted to share that little moment. Yeah, that was impressive, Kelsey. Talk about a sister. Because uh, Mike and I had earlier been hanging out and he tried naming all of them and he kept forgetting, uh, I don't know, two of them. And then after he figured them all out, then I tried saying all of them and he had just said them all. And I couldn't do it because I kept also forgetting Dory, Ori, and Nori. And I was like, you just said well, there's them. There's so many. Oh, I've forgotten already. Well, and I feel like they do the least. Like, yeah. what is Dory doing other than getting lost at sea? Like, like what is... <laughs> Sorry. What is... But, like, what is what is their whole thing? Like, I remember Balin and Dwalin because my cousin Balin will give us a royal welcome. And, uh, and I remember... Biffer and Bomber because they sound like they'd be bouncy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Feely and Keely because they were the hot ones. Like, that's kind of all I got. Totally. <laughs> oh, and Thorin. I will say, though, I am... Um, oh, of course, and Thorin. I am um, reading this chapter. You get to know a little bit more about each dwarf. So I don't know, Lindsay, if we want to discuss it now or after about, like, which dwarf we like the best. Uh, let's... Maybe, maybe we can at talk... the end we can revisit that Okay, one. okay. Okay, let's just jump on in because I'm super excited and I just am eager to get into this. So Steve, as Mm -hmm. our guest, would you mind reading us into chapter two? Absolutely. Like I said, it should be read (laughs) aloud. Um, Excuse me. Chapter two, roast mutton. Up jumped Bilbo and putting on his dressing gown went into the dining room. There he saw nobody but all the signs of a large and hurried breakfast. There was a fearful mess in the room and piles of unwashed crocs in the kitchen. Oh, truly the most stressful thing to wake up to. (laughs) I know. And I have to say right off the bat, the next line, nearly every pot and pan he possessed seemed to have been used. The washing up was so dismally real. I was like, oh gosh, if that isn't me after trying to cook dinner, (laughs) it's like you cook and then you look up and you're like, I used everything I own. This is going to suck. It's a clean it's you got to be the king of like washing as you go uh yeah but it was nice of them to clean up the night before i didn't understand why they didn't clean up this morning like that was just i know were they just gonna leave did they expect him to also just leave all these dirty dishes uh (laughs) well right they're like um you better be punctual but can you clean up our mess (laughs) please thank you so much there's no turn down service in bag end I like the line that I like the next line. He says, indeed, he was relieved after all to think that they had all gone without him and without bothering to wake him. But with never a thank you. (laughs) I just love how petty he is. (laughs) Yes, there's a few of those lines, especially in chapter one. I remember we went over, but someone here, too. He is so petty. I didn't expect that because I, you know, I've never read Tolkien before so when you watch the movies of Lord of the Rings you don't really get their internal monologue so I didn't expect this like petty like spicy side spicy is it salty (laughs) we've gone over this before bitter salty salty is the is the the petty like snarky one spicy (laughs) is usually like not not what I was trying to say not this kind of novel (laughs) or something else yeah I meant to say salty but I underlined that as well Lindsay um, 
I like that. And then right after him saying that he was a trifle disappointed and that feeling surprised him too. So I really like that we're able to get that entire internal monologue with how Bilbo's feeling in this moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's really sweet that like it, cause I, I think a lot about what you guys said um, about chapter one, where Gandalf picked him because the way that like, he must've seen something in him light up when he was talking about the stories of adventure and like, mm-hmm. I, that that's in the back of my mind every time you have this push and pull between his like Baggins side and his Tookish side. Like I think it's just so charming the, just that little gnat, like that little little voice in the back of his head that's kind of like, but also adventure, but also staying home. <laughs> yeah, there's a few lines in this chapter that do that, and I really like it. Okay, I know I took so many detailed little notes on this part, but in the beginning of the, well, actually like halfway through the second paragraph, when It says, by that time, the sun was shining and the front door was open, letting in a warm spring breeze. And I don't know, but that type of detail just made me feel like I was sitting right there in his little hobbit hole. And it just, I was like, ooh, a warm spring breeze. Summer is just around the corner. I would definitely want to open my windows and sit there and not do anything today. I love that you called that out, Kelsey, because I didn't make a note of it. But now that you're saying that, I remember thinking the same thing as I was reading it. Just thinking I can totally Mm -hmm. picture Bag End and just that lovely feeling of that breeze coming in and smelling the fresh flowers. And I'm just going to have my morning cup of tea. I was like, oh, I want to be there. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than that weather where like you can have the windows open. And like that is a description that was concise enough that fifth grade Steve was okay with. Like (laughs) I was fine with that one. It's when you start talking about what the knots of trees look like that I got a little wary. (laughs) But we'll see. (laughs) We're rediscovering. Now I feel like as I'm reading, I'm going to be wondering like, okay, is this description (laughs) too much for young Steve? Like (laughs) fifth grade Steve. (laughs) oh my gosh spit take oh that's great yeah um but he does he he sets a scene beautifully and Mm -hmm. i think that you know fifth grade steve wanted swords and uh instead i got really lovely descriptions that in my ripe old age make me nostalgic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. isn't it funny the things you appreciate once you're an adult i have been feeling this is such a tangent we can edit it out if we need to (laughs) i don't care go for it so old lately (laughs) like I'm 29 now turning 30 at the end of this year and I just I suddenly I feel it I'm like I get it now when adults are always Mm -hmm. like I'm so old like my body's slowing down or like ah these kids they're so young and whippersnappers I'm like oh my god I feel it now (laughs) yes or like when my mom used to say I just need to lay down and close my eyes I was like what and now I'm like (laughs) I need a nap, but I don't have time for a nap, so I'm just going to lay down and close my eyes. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts when you're around people and you go, oh, I can't relate to a single ounce of this conversation, and I really would just rather be horizontal. Like, that is kind of just my perpetual yeah. state is wishing I were lying down. <laughs> yeah, I went on a hike yesterday yep. uh, with Mike, which is why I was saw Mike and Kelsey yesterday, and um, I got a home, and I have, like, one of those little like spiky balls that you can like roll your feet out on and I was like oh mm-hmm. my feet hurt <laughs> I, need to, I need to roll them out after that <laughs> and I was like oh my god and that's probably what uh, Thorin and company felt as uh after Bilbo caught up with them which yeah. is what we call it in the biz a segue 
<laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. So anyways, back to the book. Well, you know, but, but, but before he catches up with them, uh, Gandalf shows up and is super sassy in the best way. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I love that he says great so elephants. Much. I don't know why I thought that was so funny when he's like, Gandalf says great elephants. You're not at all yourself this morning. Have you never dusted the mantelpiece? I don't know why I thought that was funny. Also, it just made me think about Sam, how he was like, look, Oliphants, like, they must be real. Wait, but so in this world, there are elephants and Oliphants? Well, maybe great elephants is just an expression. Because to me, it sounded like our version of Great Scott. Oh. You know? That's just how I heard it, maybe, because I'm also a nerd. Great elephants. No, that's, that's, but that, regardless, (laughs) love it. What I personally love is... Did you not dust the mantelpiece and look under a clock to find a note? <laughs> like, if you want someone to know something, like, leave it on the fridge, leave it on the table, leave it on the door. So, like, somewhere where they're obviously going to see it. But, like, did you not, like, open this box and unfold the parchment? To, like, it's... Like, right. Did you... But also, how does he know Bilbo so well that he knows he dusts the mantelpiece every single mm-hmm. day? Do you know what I mean? Because he's like, you're not like yourself today. You should have done this by now and you would have found the note. So it's your fault. And I'm like, Gandalf, oh. have you been spying on know, Bilbo? A stalker? <laughs> How do you know this? I think so. Just saying. That's I a did good point. put that in my notes. There's also another moment of Bilbo's pettiness when he does find the note. And he says in parentheses, written, of course, on his own notepaper. <laughs> yes. You know that that's monogrammed? Yeah, it's has BB like it's, <laughs> it's in gold filigree like it's gorgeous they wasted a good parchment so true I can't I think it's so funny <laughs> but some parts of it though it's like okay dwarves why are you being so uh like inconsiderate but then when Thorin signed the note and it says we have the honor to remain yours deeply Thorin and company I was like oh they're honored <laughs> Yeah, this is cute. They walk this interesting tightrope of being super charming and considerate and then super not. Like, again, the night before, they helped clean up everything really quickly and also while singing. But then this morning, they're like, "Eh, we can just leave this food to rot. Like, it'll be fine. Because they expected him to meet the... I don't know. I just... But then they're like... They also do at least uh, offer to pay for his burial if he dies. So that's... Yeah, I think it's a combination of... This is what I'm just thinking with no knowledge of dwarves, but a combination of they want to be courteous to Bilbo because they know they need him, and also they just want to be courteous to him, but maybe it's in their nature to maybe not be the most thoughtful. Maybe they're just direct. That's what I think. Yeah. I feel like it's a dwarvish... Their priorities... Yeah, because, like, from my, like, knowledge of dwarves in, like, other fantasy things and in, like, Dungeons and Dragons, that, like, like directness is, and straightforwardness is usually a fundamental in, like, their societies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe they're just really blunt. Like, hey, you get a 14th of this money. We'll pay it for you if you die, but we'll also be discussed. Like, Also, we love you. <laughs> yeah, also, yours deeply, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think... Sorry, moving on. Is that okay if I move on? Please. Okay. Um, next, when Gandalf is like, okay, you have 10 minutes. You're going to have to run. And I'm like, bruh, didn't you ride your white horse over here? Can't you give him a ride? <laughs> that is Gandalf what? things. Yeah, totally Gandalf. Gandalf is kind of an asshole. <laughs> Shadowfax wanted Bilbo to show him the meaning of haste. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm just like, 
You what? And I know it's like he knows he'll make it, so it's a test. It's an adventure, but. Literally, he shows up later anyway, so you could have given him a ride. You could have given him the time to get his hat and pipe and handkerchiefs and made it on time. So I'm just, I would be pissed at Gandalf if I was Bilbo, just saying. It would also. I also (laughs) always just thought that this part was so stressful. Like the thought of, this sounds like a nightmare to me, honestly, of like, you need to hurry up. You got to make it to the train in 10 minutes and you don't have time to pack anything. And you're thinking about like, ah, I forgot my really important luggage. Like, I feel like I've had that nightmare before and I can Mm -hmm. feel Bilbo's stress. I know I would want to bring my emotional support water bottle and I probably wouldn't. My chapstick? Oh my God. (laughs) I know. (laughs) What? I couldn't function with that. Yeah. I just... Because quite frankly, I would put it on and not think of bringing it because I'd be like, cool, I got that ready. I need to grab my sword or like, like. I think, though, at a certain point, de- deodorant is we understand it's not necessary yeah. on this type of adventure, you know? Exactly. I, I do love, though, that uh, Balin is like waiting for him at the door. I'm imagining him almost like a like a watch going, OK, is he going to show up in time? Because we're leaving without him, like just watching uh-huh. the uh, watching the horizon. But. I also just get really excited anytime Balin shows up because I'm imagining Gimli because it's his cousin. Um, Aww. Uh, but I also think of him with, with Gloin because that's his dad. So like, I don't know. I just love Gimli. Aw, the dwarves. I know. I had that movie memorized as a child. Before they get to the dwarves, it says that Bilbo took just about 10 minutes to run over a mile. And like, I can barely do that. So for a hobbit to do that, I feel like Bilbo can really run fast. <laughs> just those little legs going. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah, he's short. You know? style. Yeah. Just like you just see yeah. like the feet, but like rotating around each other. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Like how does so? Yeah, I thought it was. I'm impressive. not a runner. So like, I don't know how long it takes to run a mile, but I didn't think about that being fast. It probably takes me about 10 minutes to run a mile. And that's an, a non-runner. <laughs> You know, right? I could. I don't think he's but like what, Bilbo's considerably shorter. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Considerably short, considerably shorter. And for someone who doesn't run often, that would be hard. So kudos to you, Bilbo. I don't think I can honestly even run a mile. So I'm just impressed that he ran all that way. Really the same, Impressive. especially after second breakfast, because I think they say that he oh had gosh. a second one, right? Like, and so yes. he's like, "Good God!" And Gandalf <laughs> says, or whatever you call it, or whatever you call. It. I yeah <laughs> i love him because you can tell he has a fondness for hobbits but also like has no time uh-huh. for the bullshit like like yes. it's really sweet that you guys love like hanging out and smoking pies but also like get over to the bar like you need to go uh-huh yeah but then it's right when you think he's being so mean he joins up with them and ends up bringing all of the things that bilbo didn't have time to grab i'm like just when i don't like you you end up coming through so all right, He's and to be best. clear, I do like Gandalf. I just am shocked <laughs> at his pettiness in this book. Um, I was going to say, though, right when Bilbo joins them, he meets up with Dwalin. Is that how you say it? Dwalin. Mm-hmm. And I just love this moment because he's so, like, kind and encouraging to him. And, like, welcome to the group. You're fine. Don't worry. I have all this extra stuff. Plus, you're not going to be needing those handkerchiefs. You know, I got you. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's on the radar. He's on the radar as a dwarf that I like. It's really sweet. Cause like that, like also like just imagining Bilbo in like this little green cloak with like a little green hood. That's like a little, it's a little uh, like weather worn and stuff. I just think like that was a moment that stood out to me too that I just thought was really sweet. The, cause you can already see the camaraderie start 
and in an ensemble cast of 15 main characters if you're counting Gandalf like it's you can see the little seeds that Tolkien is placing to give you definitive things for each dwarf I I think it's really charming especially because I always imagined Bilbo in a green hood but I don't remember that part because fifth grade Steve uh but it's it's really sweet I uh and I also is Dwellin the one who also likes having regular meals is that the same one that they talk about later no that's um I think that's Oin and no wait I underlined it whenever it happens later it's Dorian Nori Dorian Nori oh so they do it do says, something yeah they like food <laughs> now we know they're on my radar <laughs> it says uh oh shoot yeah yeah it's Dorian Nori I'll just when around. just when the wizard would have been most useful to grown Dorian Nori who shared the hobbit's views about regular meals plenty and often yes yes precisely so then they basically set out on the adventure right you know Gandalf shows up saves the day and it's time for them all to set out on their horses and Bilbo on his little pony and get the show on the road. <laughs> there is a bit that um, that was my favorite that I underlined in my friend's book uh, that I borrowed, but uh, have also here, which was when it talks about um, how like they pass dreary hills and uh, and like dark trees and old castles with an evil look. And uh, just yes. it, the pacing is right rather rapid considering um again like what did i what was i thinking in fifth grade but like it it's a fast pacing but much like legally blonde the musical uses every moment to help transition into the next one beautifully like you can see the the panoramic montage of like them walking up (laughs) you know what i'm talking about Um, (laughs) totally it's the way that after positive she ends in the salon chair like you see like they're they're climbing a hill here when they're descending a hill there's a castle behind them and then they're like going through woods like you can see the beautiful Mm -hmm. transitions in what like three sentences yes which i think is amazing and i'll say this is something i struggled with a lot during lord of the rings of like the concept of time okay but i didn't even think about that until right now because it's so beautifully done that's so funny, Kelsey, you know? because I thought of it for you. Really? <laughs> because oh my gosh, I was reading it, and like the first time I I read it, I was like, wait, I think when I read this as a kid, I always thought that this all happened in the span of one day. So like the part we're about to go into is that night, but reading it now, I was like, oh wait, I feel like like a month has gone on in this part. I was know? kind of feeling just like a week or so. I don't know. Obviously, it's hard to tell, but they say. Because he kind of sums up that they've been uh, walking for a while and they don't have as many regular meals and, like, they're running out of food and stuff. But I don't really know. I tried – Lindsay, you'd be so proud of me. I tried to look on the map in the front of the book to see, like, where they were. But I couldn't figure out where the Shire was on this map or something. I I was having trouble figuring it all out. But I was like, I have to tell Lindsay that at least I tried. So proud of you. Don't worry. There will be many more opportunities to double check. Oh, good. Good. I wanted to say really quick on um, at least on my in my book on page 31, where they say that they passed lands where people spoke strangely and sang songs Bilbo had never heard before. And I'm curious because that line doesn't seem like a throwaway line to me. I'm curious if there was an intent behind like whose lands they're passing and who those people are and what those songs are. I wonder if it's just the, like, they make it pretty clear that hobbits rarely ever leave 
the Shire mm-hmm. um, or like even their own hobbit holes, except for to have like to be or have company. So I wonder if it's just if it's rather explaining like just how exotic the rest of the world would be to somebody who has mm. lived so cozily. Um, but I also could be totally wrong and should look at the map because maybe they're maybe they're walking through the place with the Oliphants. Who's to say? <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was something they showed in the movie, but also I'm thinking because the whole time I'm reading this, I'm thinking, I wonder if this scene is in the movie. Is it going to get cut? I don't know. I'm I just am so curious, you know, and we don't you don't have to spoil it, but I'm just that's where my mind's at. Yeah, I mean, this trajectory that they're going on, which I don't think is like too much of a spoiler because Gandalf says it at the end of the chapter, is that they're going the same way that Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin went on their way to Rivendell. Um, so I, I, we don't really get to know very much of like the land surrounding the Shire, at least to my knowledge. I'm sure really, really mega fans might know what's in that land around the Shire, but I don't know. There are Tolkien historians who are probably quaking, like with. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, because they're re- they're listening to this too. You know. Honestly, you know. Um, there was one more line though later on that page that said, "I wish I was at home in my nice hole by the fire with the kettle just beginning to sing." It was not the last time that he wished that, and I just like feel for him so badly, but also relate to that so so much. You know, when you go out go out I don't know hang out with people and as soon as you get there you're like I wish I was at home this is Tolkien just nails it on the head right here with that that is such a hobbit hobbit ish feeling I I feel to just be like mm-hmm. ah, I just want to go home and sit in my little armchair and have my tea uh-huh I, I'm tempted to start a podcast called elves at heart or like half elves at heart because like <laughs> I cannot relate like I do love being cozy and stuff but I'm also like but adventure like <laughs> I love that though I but don't get me wrong I just really want to try hobbit food like every time it's brought up I just like smell breakfast food when I think of hobbits and mm-hmm. now I want to go to the Shire and be there instead of here but but I think it's sweet <laughs> and I also like the again the conversational way that Tolkien speaks and and the way that he alludes to things that are to come like I like the feeling of this being all wrapped up and him assuring the reader of like he's gonna feel that way more often like it's not it it doesn't only go uphill from here like it just it it feels again like I keep I'm gonna say it a million times it feels like it's meant to be read aloud and like in like a very person-to-person way Right. It's almost like someone's reading it and then they break the fourth wall and they're like, he's going to feel that way later. Okay, let me mm-hmm. get back to the story. Which and exactly. And it totally pulls you in too because you're like, oh, well, like what is going to happen in the future? Like what exciting right. things is Bill going to encounter? When is he going to feel like, oh, I wish I was back at my hobbit hole again? You know, just makes you want to keep reading. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like a tool, I guess, that he uses on purpose because this was meant for a younger audience to keep them engaged. I don't know. It would probably have kept me engaged if I read this as a fifth grader like Steve did, but. Um, a fifth grader with a lot of rage, apparently. Um, <laughs> but Hey, you just like were the, you had the Turkish or like Elvish side where you were like, I want to go out and adventure and not read a book. Uh-huh. And you know, it's I, all making you know, sense be, now. That's gotta be it. It's all, it's all coming back <laughs> to me. But I also think to your point about the pacing, I think that like a lot of, a lot of that stuff is a little bit more inconsequential here because this story, it reads a lot more very definitively hero's journey-like. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like, and because again, a child audience, it's less about like, here is the mythical creation of the world because that's what 
Tolkien intended this to, or, or his like uh, Middle Earth and stuff to be. And this is more like, this is the story about a person and what, and what they went through, what they learned and what they accomplished. And like, and I think that that, it, it makes sense a little bit more too, because it's very linear as opposed to Lord of the Rings, which like in text form is so blocky and like, so we're going to do this whole thing and then like, okay, let's go check in with Frodo and Sam back at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the book timeline. Like, yeah, it, it's that blew direct. my mind when I, yes, when I learned that the books like jumped around like that, ow, I just hit myself in the face. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> it just blew my mind when I learned about the books. We're really uh, polished here over at Hobbits at Heart, hitting ourselves in the face. Um, second okay. spit take of this evening. <laughs> I was like, we need, to, we need a counter of spit takes on Steven. Apparently. Oh my gosh. Okay, so next in the chapter, um, Gandalf, they all of a sudden notice that Gandalf is missing. And I just find it like, Gandalf, you know they're going to wonder where you went. Why? Why do you have to be so mysterious? Just tell them, hey guys, I actually am going to go check something out with people really quick. I'll either be back or I won't move on without me or wait for me. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like that is not how Gandalf operates. Like, even when Aragorn um, encounters him again, like, in Fangorn Forest, when he comes back as Gandalf the White, he's like, Mm -hmm. I see you're still talking in riddles, my friend. Like... Yes, you're right. And I I feel bad. I'm not trying to change who Gandalf is. I just find it highly annoying the way he operates. I, I think he's that like exotic friend that you never truly understand that like just kind of loves living in that like mysticism. Like like he's the Phoebe Buffet of the group where like King of oh. Irish goodbyes just kind of like I, I like I think that he kind of likes being mysterious and weird. But also like I again, I never read the Cimmerillion because like if I couldn't get through The Hobbit. Uh, but I think like he also has like important wizard duties to like that there's a whole thing there but mostly I think he just likes the theatrics of just like batmanning out of there like they turn around commissioner gordon style and he's just gone like I want a video of him going is it me am I the drama (laughs) I don't think I I can't be the drama I feel like Gandalf totally knows he's the drama and he enjoys being yes, the drama. Absolutely. I need to embrace it. But that is true. I mean, when you think about it, Gandalf has probably been around for like hundreds and hundreds of years. So for him, mm-hmm. he's just like, eh, whatever. I'll catch up with them. Like, this is inconsequential. There was a great, uh, there's a great like tweet thread um, from like a, a Dungeons and Dragons, like a famous Dungeons and Dragons person where he like goes through the Lord of the Rings and talks about how it's just a D&D campaign. And he describes Gandalf as like the friend who's like the most experienced one at the table who just like brought in an overpowered character, but like was off the college. And so like he could only come in every once in a while. So there was like right ways for him to come in. <laughs> and I can't not think that every, t- every time he just disappears in this. I read oh, that funny. thread. It's so good. It's, it's so like good. perfect. It's so good. I highly, it was Brennan Lee Mulligan um, uh, on Twitter. I highly suggest that any fans go find that tweet thread. You'll find it if you Google it. It's truly a hilarious uh, read for, for another time. So moving on in the chapter is when things start to like kind of start to go wrong a little bit, which I think is cool. It starts raining. One of the ponies gets uh, frightened from nothing. And I'm <laughs> let me tell you, I'm glad that it says it was frightened by nothing because my brain is like, uh oh, why was it frightened? What's around the corner? So that kind of eased my brain. But where it explains that Feely and Keely were like nearly drowned trying to get all the baggage from the pony like in the water. I don't know why. But this scene was so vivid to me, the way that it was described. And I was constantly finding myself asking, ooh, I wonder what this looks like in the movie, even though it's like, doesn't even matter. 
<laughs> I still was excited to see how it would maybe be done. That's so interesting because I didn't remember that until you talked about it right now because I was hyper focused on dwarves being really good at making fire anywhere but like they couldn't like even in the wind but like even Oin and Gloin couldn't do it like that that's like where I was focusing when I was reading the the Feely and Keely thing and I wanted to see that in the movie because I only saw it the one time and then I love the part where Bilbo says it says Bilbo was sadly reflecting that adventures are adventures are not all pony rides in May sunshine um, and I was just like, isn't that just like life? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was like, I'm going to start quoting that from now on. Like, well, you know, advent- why do I keep saying adventures? <laughs> adventures aren't pony rides away sunshine. I'm going to say it just like that. <laughs> Did we get a third spit take? <laughs> no, I snort uh. and then I scared myself. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm having a great time. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Um, and my answers aren't all I like that rats. as well. I love it. Okay. <laughs> it feels like a Western that and my sunshine. Like specifying that it's my sunshine. Like it's, it's like moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Got some May sunshine. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Well, they have mentioned already a few times that it's May and that June is right around the corner because mm-hmm. Bilbo says something like, and to think June is just a little ways away or something like that like wh- how why is it raining we're almost in june type of thing june gloom um, may flowers june. bring oh no that's mm-hmm. not true never mind just kidding april showers bring may flowers. <laughs> okay <laughs> and i'm not gonna finish that joke because it's because uh, colonizers not a good one um yep i really my second favorite part of this whole chapter is when they discover the fire and like hey bilbo gotta do your thing rogue go burgle uh go burgle some turts <laughs> uh and uh and they're like, okay, so if anything happens, it's a reference, it's fine. Um, and uh, and they're like, hey, if anything happens, hoot three times like a barn owl and once like a screech owl or some, something like that. And yeah. I remember like laughing to myself as I read the book going, I don't, I don't know what those sound like. And then he goes, and Bilbo <laughs> couldn't even say that he couldn't help like hoot like any owl or fly like a bat. Like I, yes. just the specificity of hoot like a barn owl than a screech owl, but like aren't, Trolls in Tolkien's world cave dwelling. Do they have owls in caves? <laughs> How do they know so much about uh, avi- aviary sounds? It's an interesting, but very specific uh, <laughs> suggestion. I also just think it's funny that it shows that the dwarves like really do think that Bilbo is a professional burglar. They're like, oh yeah, just who like a barn owl and like a screech owl, you yes. know, like it'll be fine. And Bilbo's like, what the hell? <laughs> and Gandalf is by himself like, <laughs> I led them down the wrong path. I mean, not like that, but I told them he's professional. He has no idea what he's doing. Let's see what happens. I don't know what these owls sound like either, but wouldn't you assume that a <laughs> a barn owl is like a classic hoot and that a screech owl is like a <laughs> screech? Would you, would you like to, de- I don't think that I'm understanding well. Would you like to demonstrate for us, Kelsey? Okay, okay, okay. So, <laughs> a barn owl will have your classic like, why do I have to put my hands up? Who? Mm-hmm. I hate you so much. And the screech owl would be like, ah! <laughs> Let me tell you, this is where my brain was going while reading this chapter. Like, I don't know what those sound like, but just guess. They have to know the difference. <laughs> ah! Yeah, 
it's like, when, you, when you hear a scared little dude sneaking bird sounds come, like, are they worried that they'll hear three barn owls? And it's like, okay, clearly he's fine. He's just. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I and um, thank mm. you for bringing that to light. Thank you so much. I really understand better now what you meant. Um, thank yeah, you so I was, much. I was confused as well. So I appreciate yeah. that. the things I do for this podcast. <laughs> it's important to clarify. Well, uh, we can all be Tolkien in that right of describing things really lucidly. <laughs> uh, but I also just the str- like I remember like I felt my stomach drop to my gut when they're like, okay, go go be a burglar. Like that's the mm-hmm. moment when you go, oh man, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> but you like have to do the thing. It, especially for Bilbo, who's like never done anything. Mm-hmm. I know. Just... Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Like, you want me to do what now? <laughs> right. I do love though, that when he walks through the forest, he's like, hobbits are good at being quiet. Even if you're right next to, I don't remember how he describes it, but, um, even if they're like right next to you on that path, they still wouldn't know that you were there. And so I was like, okay, I have a little more faith in Bilbo. He's at least got this going for him. And then of course he stumbles upon three trolls. And I love in this first part where they explain what the trolls are doing. They're drinking, they're roasting mutton. And I was like, that's the name of the chapter. Um, (laughs) There it is. It always makes me happy. (laughs) It's like in a TV show when they say the name of their TV show. It's like, hey, that's the name of the show. Um, And they say, sorry, I'm trying to find a good place to put my book so I can still read and face my mic. How's this? Um, (laughs) We just (laughs) see your hand. (laughs) Um, I I just see the background when you do that. And it's it's great for an audio format um, experience. (laughs) Um, When they say even Bilbo, in spite of his sheltered life, could see that from the great heavy faces of them and their size and the shape of their legs, not to mention their language, which was not drawing room fashion at all, at all. (laughs) At all. (laughs) I love the emphasis on that. I just think it's so funny. Yeah, that is really cute. And I love that the trolls are kind of like cockneyish, <laughs> the way yes. that they talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's spelled out that way. So as you're mm-hmm. reading it, like there's no question about how the trolls sound. Like, because I, I read yeah. it before I listened to the audiobook and I was like, I know exactly how these trolls sound. It reminds me of how Hagrid is written in the Harry Potter series because his accent is so much stronger that, um, you know, J.K. Rowling writes it that way. And it just gave me a flashback to reading those books. So it's it's comforting. Yeah. I thought it would be funny to see how we all would read <laughs> the trolls lines. <laughs> I should have an out on this one. I already embarrassed myself enough. There are three trolls, enough. though. There are three trolls. Oh, my gosh. My, and I think I have a favorite troll. I do, too. But What's I, yours? I want to claim him only because I can get behind a name like Bert, or I think Tom's the other one, but just the idea of a troll named William <laughs> is my favorite thing. Like, just, it is such a full, real name. Like, obviously, like, Bert is, too, but just, like, William, like imagine this big old troll just named William and like William is also my favorite. And did you catch the line where they call him by his full name? Bill? Did you catch that? Bill Huggins? Is that supposed to be the troll? What? Where is that? I don't think I got that. Okay, on page 37, I'm skipping ahead just a little bit. On page 37, when um Oh yeah. (laughs) He says you're a fat fool, William, said Bert, and as I've said afore this evening, and you're allowed, and I won't take that from you, Bill, Bill Huggins. Huggins? 
I'm like, William, William, William Huggins. Huggins. I love him so much. And he's like, he doesn't want to hurt Bill. He's like, I found him. Like, I know. And like, we're already full. So why are we eating? I love him so much. I love that he has such a proper name. It's so good. I know. And that they use it. Yeah. They're calling him with his full name. Okay. Should we pick a line? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is one particular line that I would like to read, but only if there's people around it. Uh, to make it make sense, but I think it's way farther down. That's fine. We can just pick a line and then go back to the storyline. Should yeah. we do that? Should do we that, pick yeah. a part that um, we can like read back and forth to each other? Oh, uh, if you go to, I don't have the same edition as you because I'm on my phone. Um, mm. But if you get to the bit where he says, a burra hobbit, what's a burra hobbit mm-hmm. got to do with my pocket anyways? Can you cook them? You can try. Like that oh, little, okay. that's so, a good little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, everyone, we have picked our parts. I haven't decided if we're keeping that in the episode or cutting it out, so it's a surprise who is who, Um, although we all know who Steve is. Okay, are we ready? Yes. And action. What's the bird hobbit got to do with my pocket anyways? And you can cook them. You can try. (laughs) Anyone make a bob a mouthful. I think the key is just acting like you have tennis balls in your cheeks. Why did my voice get so high? And I also read it wrong. And you're con con con. <laughs> oh man, oh, I love man. that. Oh, oh, that was a really good suggestion. Thank you. You're for welcome. That. That you're beautiful. welcome. I'm like, I want to keep going. <laughs> I know, right? A oh, new man. A, that's a specialty episode for our Patreon supporters. No, I'm <laughs> Um, I did want to bring up really quick this scene in particular when they talk about the Burra Hobbit and the way I pictured it in my head. This might be an obscure reference, but have you ever seen Ella Enchanted? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. You know the scene when they meet the troll and they are trying to convince them like not to cook them and boil them and they are afraid of like the little rabbit and everything. That scene is how I pictured this scene. <laughs> like not exactly, obviously, but... um. When they're talking about a burrow hobbit, what's a burrow hobbit got to do with my pocket anyways? I just pictured the trolls arguing and just took me back to Ellen Enchanted. I loved that book as well as a kid. Now that you say that, that's reminding me like, oh, yeah, that was a good one. I don't remember. Th- I remember I, that scene, but like not fully. But I did love that I never one. read the book. I don't think I knew it was a book, to be honest, as terrible as that is. But I watched that movie so many times that I had the fir- the beginning, like, what's it called? epilogue prologue what's in the beginning prologue 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 Prologue. thank you um i had the entire thing memorized oh wow and i could i could recite it with the film it was good and folks if you uh keep an eye on your podcasts for ella's at heart uh (laughs) podcast where people will be reading through ella and chance prince char fan club no i'm just kidding (laughs) i mean he's gorgeous uh I, I love the squabbling though. Like I, I became really enamored with these characters that we got for a solid eight pages, because uh, they they all have like their own particular ness to them. And I and I like that this is the beginning of Bilbo. Like like this is Bilbo failing at cleverness, where you see like spoiler alert, you see him excel at it later. And I mm-hmm. I love it because it it sets up knowing the bit that I know, like where he gets to go from here. Cause he totally messes up and says, oh, there's, there's a lot of people. Shit, there's no people. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the wallet is mischief. I'm a burglar, yeah. shit, hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just bungling through it all. 
Like, yeah. Sweet Bilbo. Like he did. He, like he succeeded on his succeeded on his stealth <laughs> check, but failed at his charisma check. Like he, he's just. But I love him so much. He still tries. I love that he's like, I'm a good cook myself. I could cook for you, you know? And I, in that moment, I had this envision, like, this whole scene of, like, maybe they just become friends with Bilbo, and then he teaches them how to cook, and then this whole chapter just takes a turn. And in my head, I'm thinking, maybe it's called roast mutton because Bilbo ends up just enjoying the roast mutton with the trolls. <laughs> Aw, wouldn't that be nice? I know, so and the, spoiler alert, doesn't happen. Yeah, so. I also just love that, like, before all of this happens Bilbo like has that moment where he could just turn around and go and that's what even Tolkien says like Bilbo should have turned around and gone at this time but Bilbo Mm -hmm. knew that any good burglar would have gone in and would have picked their pockets already by now so he's like trying to prove himself and it's just like no Bilbo go back (laughs) I love him I also love that the that the bag talks and we just never talk about that again (laughs) wait yeah. Yeah, the, the bag, bag is like that who they are throw you? Over his head? Yeah. No, like when he like he reaches says, into William's pocket. Oh, the purse. Here, the, the wallet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just they never talk about that again. They're just like, oh yeah, trolls have finicky purses. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well that's a thing. They put spells on their wallets, I guess. I don't know. We should all do that. So then Bilbo has totally ended up in a really sticky situation and it's just like oh my god how is he going to get out of this and then one by one the dwarves start showing up and of course one by one they each start getting kidnapped <laughs> it just goes from bad to worse I know and part of me was like oh Bilbo this is your fault man you know but on the other hand I'm like the dwarves couldn't even handle their own either so the fact that Bilbo isn't caught actually shows how his strengths uh, really help him in being quiet and small. And then they, he's like, I think they forgot about me <laughs> after a while. Yeah, he's just watching on the sidelines. Yeah. As like with, I'm imagining like a good like hour long gap in between each one. Just like everyone's all just, ah! As like, <laughs> yeah. jumps out of the woods, yeah. bag. Like they're just waiting with a bag and like, like just having a conversation. Ah, you're such an idiot, Tom. Boom, as they like, scoop up Dwalin. Yes, it's like, wouldn't the dwarves notice like oh uh where'd the other one go uh, maybe i shouldn't keep going because maybe it's trouble like don't insects do that they send in like one ant or spider and then steven don't look at me that way do you not I know what i'm talking about i know anything about I insects or okay. spiders yeah. on purpose okay uh let me Lindsay. i'm sorry i know we you don't like spiders but this isn't like about how bad they are it's about how smart they are <laughs> so like when you worse. see i know i'm no, like, like i already am freaked out but continue when a bug comes into your house and you kill it it can't go back to its friends and report that you can come in so when it doesn't go back to its friends its friends are like we shouldn't go there because it never came back. It's probably dead. So what you're telling mm. me and is it's okay that I kill all the bugs that come into my house. Yes. Yes, I am. He was really talking about your smarts, not the mm. uh, not the spiders. Yes. Yes, I am. And now that I say it out loud, I don't know if it's something my parents made up and told me when I was a kid or if it's a real <laughs> thing, but I'd like to believe that it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I really actually want to know, but I don't want to look it up because I don't want to see pictures of spiders. So I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. You can keep talking. Um, I, you would think that like thirteen dwarves would think let's just all rush in, grab him, and leave. But just, just one. Oh, I guess there is like some value to like 
they don't know how many there are, so they won't pursue. I don't know. I thought it was weird. Well, and also the trolls are hiding off to the side. So mm. all that the dwarves know is that Bilbo has disappeared, hasn't come back, and then that their dwarf friends haven't come back. So then they're like, oh, there's here's the fireplace. Here's where they must be. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so sorry. We're all trying to contain laughter because Kelsey made a very, very uh, visceral face. And well, um, I tried Googling what I wanted to Google. And I'm so sorry to interrupt this, you all. Um, I didn't know what to say. So I said, can insects report to their friends if a house is safe? <laughs> and when I kept scrolling, I saw some very interesting photos of different types of insects that might infest your house oh, and no. i uh, no, really no nope. yep i am i will say i'm glad i took the uh took the bullet yeah. took the bullet for you all because Lindsay, you maybe would have freaked out I'm so, so i am I very sorry to say that i wasn't listening to what you were saying and that i rudely interrupted with my facial expressions it was great honestly <laughs> it's all good um i'm really let's jump back in yeah. i'll catch up well, uh, i don't even know what i was saying oh yeah I... so Oh. No. Please. <laughs> um, I actually don't know what I was saying. Just that the trolls were hiding for the dwarves. And then yeah, I, and was, I thought it was weird that it says that trolls detest the very sight of dwarves uncooked. Uh, <laughs> which, like, clearly leads to some, you know, interesting genealogical things of, like, they must inhabit the same type of ecosystems so they're like used to each other but like mm -hmm. what drove the trolls away like the kelsey questions were popping in my mind but i heard her voice saying it instead of my own being like but why did the trolls leave like why did <laughs> what's his face bring us here i think william brought them there like i actually think i'm i'm guessing that there's an answer to that because it says that the trolls come from the mountains and dwarves love the mountains and mine into the mountains so Maybe trolls hate dwarves because dwarves have disturbed their home. Mm -hmm. And the dwarves are the colonizers here. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. And then oh, the greatest colonizer it. of all, Smaug, uh, ran the dwarves out. I hate that. I hate that that's what it, I know. I, I, hate I, I hate it so much. So much. And then uh, our, our, our favorite hero, Thorin, comes in, uh, not caught unawares, as specified by Tolkien, um, which I think, like, kind of talks about his... I don't know, like military experience or something. He certainly knew because his insects didn't report back that uh, something was wrong. <laughs> but, uh, and he comes in and he starts stabbing people with uh, with fire and it's super cool. Uh, yeah. And that scene, spoiler alert, in the movie, I do remember being like really into. I was falling asleep before that, but then like when the fire happened, I was like, yeah, go Richard Armitage, you stab those trolls. But now I feel bad because, you know, I like William. Poor William. I know. I really do love, though, how quickly, like, it gets into, and then he, like, grabbed the branch and, like, swiftly brought it through the fire and then to, like, hit the trolls with it. It just shows you how quick thinking Thorin was or that he was thinking about this already and that he's just really calculated and knows what to do, which I like. And fun fact, uh, in Dungeons & Dragons lore, uh, trolls are, like, vulnerable to and, and can only be killed by fire. Fun fact, ah. because of this. Interesting. Because of this? I believe so. Like most <gasps> fantasy is all derivative or most Western fantasy is heavily derivative of uh, Tolkien's works. Mm -hmm. OMG, that's so cool. 
And like I could I could bore you guys about how Bilbo is the uh, is the model for the thief subclass of Rogue, but I won't do that on this uh, not on this episode. That totally makes <laughs> oh sense, gosh. though. That totally makes sense. Ugh. But if I ever want to learn about D anD D, I know who to go to. Honestly, I I will happily be your guide. I also like that Bilbo tries to get in on the battle too. It says Bilbo did his best. He caught hold of Tom's leg as well as he could. It was thick as a young tree trunk, but he was sent spinning up into the top of some bushes. And it's just once again, we've talked about this so much through the movies where Mary, Pippin, Sam, Frodo, like they do not know how to fight at all. They are so teeny, teeny, tiny, but they're just like, yeah, I'm going to do what I can. Like Bilbo's like, yeah, there are these giant trolls. I'm going to try to grab his leg. Mm-hmm. It's just so sweet. It reminds me of when they're in Moria in the fellowship and they're trying to save Frodo with the trolls come around and or whatever come around and it reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. This, good this point, book should be called Bilbo Did His Best. A Hobbit's <laughs> Tale. Like <laughs> He's really trying. Or you're doing amazing, Bilbo. Yeah. You're doing, doing amazing, your best. Bilbo. And then of course they end up capturing Thorin and Bilbo gets shoved off to the side and he's just observing. And then we have the line that Bilbo actually says in the fellowship when he's retelling the story to the little uh, hobbits at his birthday party. So it says, um, a nice pickle they were all in now, all neatly tied up in sacks with three angry trolls and two with burns and bashes to remember sitting by them arguing whether they should roast them slowly or mince them up fine and boil them or just sit on them one by one and squash them into jelly. And I just mm. read that and I picture it happening in the fellowship and the little kids, yeah, they're like, oh no. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not catch that. That is so cute. I didn't catch it until you read it in that cadence and the- I couldn't help but be the kids and do the, oh, like, it all, all, like, snapped into place. Oh, that's really sweet. I know. I love that they just pulled that line out and put it into the fellowship for Bilbo to retell this story. That was so cute. I was going to say, is that just a movie thing? Like, him retelling that? Or is it a book thing, too, for the Lord of the Rings? I think it's a movie thing. I don't know that they, like, call It's a really sweet touch. I know. Love it. Aw. I love that. Um, and that quite literally, the next like sentence is that it was just then that Gandalf came back, but no one saw him. So we're like, finally, Gandalf is here. He can help once again, saving the day. But I, I didn't realize it the first time I read it through, but um, he's really just wasting time until the sun comes up, right? And you don't really know that unless you know that trolls turn into stone when the sun comes up, which I didn't even think about. So I just thought it was so entertaining that he was doing the fake voices to confuse them and just to frustrate them. That I was like, he he literally is the drama. He's just doing this to piss them off. And I thought it was so entertaining. Um, I wrote that all I want to see is this scene done with Muppets and Sir Ian McKellen. Oh my God, yes. Uh, but it needs to be like the big Muppets, like uh, Sweetums and like the Ghost of Christmas yes, present. Yes, and Fozzie Bear. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> and then like Sir Ian doing these voices behind the trees, Peter Pan yep. style. Like, just. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love this. So I've already decided I want to see a version of The Hobbit where all of the dwarves and, well, I guess Bilbo would maybe be Kermit, but the rest of the dwarves would be The Hobbit or um, 
the Muppets, and Gandalf would be played by Sir Ian McKellen. Okay, but now that yes. begs the question of which Muppet is which dwarf. <laughs> I think, I think have we'll to have to work on this. I think it had to be original Muppets and this side, like, like new to the, like just designed to be those dwarves. And then other people that, excuse me, that you meet along the way would be like the incident or will be like the key Muppets. Uh, yes, I like that. Idea. I don't know. I feel like, or the dwarves would just be the Muppet characters and they wouldn't have to be that dwarf character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, that's also it fun. It would just be, it would just be, Bilbo or Gandalf, whoever, and the Muppets instead of the dwarves. <laughs> it's not called I don't the, know. the Hobbits. It's called the it's Muppet. Muppets. <laughs> it's called the Muppets. It's called The Muppet, yes. I good, love that. Good. But this scene, I, I this was a scene that I do vividly remember frustrated fifth grade Steve, which is weird because I had a really high like reading level for my age. And yet like I got quite lost in the where it's like said Bill who thought it was William or like what, because like I just couldn't keep track of what that meant, but hearing it read a lot and like it still kind of stumbled me this time reading through, but then listening to the audiobook one where that person is very certain of what they are saying, it just kind of reinforced the, oh, it, it's kind of meant to be read aloud because you have that inflection of said Bert who thought that it was William or like, mm-hmm. and just like creating that uh, craziness, which leads to my favorite line i think in all fiction which was you're a booby when i tell you i was like i i was listening to the audiobook i don't know how i missed this when i read it but i'm when i was listening to the audiobook walking into work and i scared the people around me because i started laughing so hard because that is just not a word that you would expect to hear in like Tolkien's fiction especially like because uh-huh. he's just so respected for his prose and like the way he writes just hearing like of all words booby <laughs> like it was just it was just startling and lovely in all the best ways and I love how he goes you're a booby and then Tom goes booby yourself <laughs> it's like the original like your mom joke yeah, yeah. it's literally the original your mom you're yeah. a booby but like I'm sure it didn't mean what it means now Oh, that part, I cannot express to you enough how much joy that brings me. And I'll just be like sitting, drinking tea or something and then remember that that exists and just start laughing to myself with no provocation. <laughs> it's, um, thank you, Tolkien. If- <laughs> Steve, it's after that line that I wrote my note, William is my favorite troll. Good, good. <laughs> oh God, I didn't even notice it was William. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my As son. he hugs his pillow. <laughs> My son, I love him so much. Oh. oh my goodness. Shortly after this is when we finally get to read the line, for just at that moment, the light came over the hill and there was a mighty twitter in the branches. And this is when I realized, oh, the sun is coming up. Because at first I thought Gandalf was causing the light. And then I realized, oh no, it's the sun and trolls turned to stone in the sun which then made me realize, are these the trolls that we see in the Fellowship? Indeed they are. Yes, uh-huh. and I felt so proud of myself, but also, oh, William. Aww. I know. I will say, I I do have to bring us back just one sentence earlier to just prove again, Gandalf is the drama because he doesn't just let them turn to stone. He has to yell out, Don, take you all into stone with you. Like, I, I just, 
man, you gotta be fun at parties. Like, Gandalf is just like, like, RuPaul could never. I Yes. And Steve, when he says that line, it specifically says it was meant to sound like Williams. <laughs> Williams' voice. It just makes it better every I I so know. imagining Williams like, don't take you all and be still with you. <laughs> and Tom and Bert are like, what the hell, man? Yeah. What, what, dude, like, that's a really rude thing to say. That's like our one weakness. Like, it's like super messed up. That's like, that's like the cool thing, like, go get shot. Like, just like, what? And that's their last memory. Oh. I wonder, actually, I wonder, this is me again, just wondering, if once they're turned to stone, if they still are like conscious, can they still like, are they aware of things? I think you know they would saying? be dead. Or are they right? like a hundred percent dead? Because I like, I think if all their internal organs also calcified and turned know, to but stone. Like, magic. I right. Don't know. No, that's fair. That's oh, I hope that they're not alive. I hope they're dead. Dead. Can you so imagine? Know. I hope for I my know. sake that William is dead, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> Uh, with a heavy heart, I say that I hope for his sake that he is no more. I mean, that um, would be way better than being stuck in like an eternal coma, essentially, where you're lucid. And where birds oh, are shitting what? on you all the time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And moss is growing on you. I never have felt sad for the trolls before, honestly. And now <laughs> you guys are just putting a whole new spin on this for me. Poor well, William. even when we first meet the trolls, they talk about how they were like, sent to go out and do stuff so there's someone else telling them what to do you know what i mean they're not just being evil this is like what they're supposed to be doing and if they don't like the dwarves because they were kicked out of their homelands then now they're forced to scavenge is that a word scavenge 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 thank you thank you that is really sad learn something new every day oh man now there needs to be this whole other side book about like (laughs) the plight of trolls (laughs) i would i'll write it i would yeah and i would read it honestly like sorry honestly i just had a thought realizing that like sauron uses the trolls essentially as slaves to like open the gates of mordor and to fight and like those trolls probably don't want to be there but they have justice for trolls i know we do need justice for trolls honestly what would william do what would william (laughs) wwwd underneath it's not a website (laughs) oh poor william oh my gosh um, right after this, they continue their adventure. And um, who is it that's like, well, if there are trolls here, then they probably have like a cave around to hide from the sun. Gandalf says Which that. was very, oh, of course, of course he did because it's a very smart thing to say. And they go around and I just love that they're all trying to figure out how to get in. And Bilbo finally was like, I have this key. Maybe this will help. After like five minutes of them being like, you've had that the whole time. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Poor guy probably needed to change his trousers, quite frankly. Like, <laughs> I know. He needed a moment. Uh, just like sitting there and like watching these uh, trolls. I can't, oh, man. Yeah. But also, if you have a key, g- give him a key. And then they leave right. the place very, again, Dungeons and Dragons style. They're like, let's go see what magic <laughs> items we can find. Let's go look for some gold. Get some epic swords. Get some epic swords. Mm-hmm. That's the loot you mm. really want. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, plus magic five weapons. magic weapons. 
And I love that they said the one that Bilbo found was a knife in a leather sheath. It would have made only a tiny pocket knife for a troll, but it was as good as a short sword for the Hobbit. I just love that detail. And this Mm -hmm. sword is very cool. It's special, but I don't know why. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, because, okay, because the next part, they say these look like good blades. Um, I put a star by this in my book. They were not made by any troll nor by any smith among men in these parts and days. But when we can read the runes on them, we shall know more about them. Yes. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to see what it is. Yay. Yay. And then my actual final note about this whole chapter, of course, it has to do with food, is that it says, now they had bread and cheese and plenty of ale and bacon to toast in the embers of the fire. And I just wrote... Why does bread and cheese and ale always sound so freaking good in <laughs> fantasy books? Like, that's always what they eat. And I'm always like, oh, man, I wish I had some bread and cheese. Because you know right it's now. that, like, rustic, mm. crunchy bread, like, crispy but soft. Mm-hmm. That, like, peasant bread that's, like, viral on TikTok right now. Yes, and yes. It's, it's, like, it's like the literature equivalent of, like, I don't know what it is, but in cartoons when they eat, like, roast turkey and there's like not like eating like a drumstick oh, that yeah. grosses me out in real life so much but that always was like that looks so good when you're watching it on a cartoon it's it's uh-huh. the same thing because you know it's like a white cheddar too like mm-hmm. and like a nice like full-bodied ale mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> i did have one note about food as well but before that one i just didn't want to let this um, line pass I love the foreshadowing I guess it's foreshadowing about Gandalf mentioning he had to visit a couple of friends from Rivendell and then I was like oh, I know who they are and two of Elrond's people so I'm like okay they're starting to bring in like possible new characters and all of that so I'm really excited to see where that goes um, but my note about the food was that they didn't eat the rest of the roast mutton that was obviously still there on the fire I thought they were done eating because they said, we already but, finished eating. Our son, William, said, we already finished eating. Do, <laughs> uh, My assumption was that it was, like, still there because Bilbo saw the mutton. I oh, just I assumed, guess. like. I think William had already eaten his fill, so maybe it was, like, a half-eaten mutton. Yeah. yeah. Like, you would think, I don't know. Like, after all this, the chapter is titled Roast Mutton, and they don't even get to eat any? I was sad for them. Maybe they were, but, like, so sick of smelling the roast mutton, like, mm, roasting all night after being in those bags that they were like, Ugh, keep it away. Yeah. It could have Probably. burned because they were, like, waiting and hiding for the uh, for the dwarves with the bags while it was just, like, on fire behind them. Could be. That's true. While this chapter took 30 minutes to read, it probably lasted about 12 hours for them. So I need to remember okay. this. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite thing, like, this is kind of my last thought on the chapter, though, is... King of drama, Gandalf, starting with his, don't interrupt. But like that last bit at the end, he's like, oh, I had a feeling that like you wanted me back and I saw a fire. So I was like, okay, cool, I'll fix this. Please be more careful next time or we should never get anywhere. And it just ends with Thorin going, thank you. Like, it's just like, (laughs) please stop fucking up so I don't have to come save your ass every time. And Thorin's just like, thanks, dude. Like, yeah. Honestly, I I'd be like, well, Gandalf, why are you leaving us then, huh? Yeah, <laughs> right. Honestly. Why you gotta be so mysterious? Oh, but it, like, it's that Sir Ian McKellen thing of like, oh, or we'll never get anywhere. And you're like, oh man, you're right. Like, <laughs> I also thought that did end so abruptly uh, because listening to the audiobook, yeah, when it's like, thank you, said Thorin, and then just silence. I was like, what? Oh, what? We're done? That's it? I know. Okay. I was like, oh, I gotta stop it before it goes on to chapter three. <laughs> 
I think that's it. I think we covered chapter two, Roast Mutton, which is just so delightful. I love this chapter. It's so silly. And I feel like I kept giggling through it the whole time and kind Mm -hmm. of forgetting to take notes. So I was like, what am I even going to say? But Mm -hmm. um, this is so fun to talk about and so fun having you here to discuss it, Stephen. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I... uh... Uh, any excuse to laugh over the word booby, honestly. Um, <laughs> You're a booby. <laughs> booby yourself. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Can that be William's voice? <laughs> booby yourself. Oh, I, I found him. I love it. <laughs> I wanted to bring up, actually, didn't we have a question from Nessa yes, this week? Yes, we did. So Nessa asked us, if we were on a long adventure such as this, what food would we miss? Like Bilbo is always missing his food which I thought was a wonderful mm. question. I have to think about it for a second now. Mm. I'm trying to think because they they still have some food out on the road. Because obviously I love potatoes, but that's probably something they could find. I mean, yeah. it's also you know? literally, if Sam could, oh, well, he talks about not being able to find out. I was going to say, Sam had them, but no, he says he wishes oh. he had potatoes. Let me read this properly. If you were on a journey, what comforting foods would you miss the most? So mm-hmm. comforting mm-hmm. being the. Mm-hmm. I know for me, what my most favorite comforting food is is ramen. I love, love, mm. love ramen. I eat it way too much, and I don't think you could find that on the road. So I would definitely miss that. This is true. I have an idea, and this is I. It's the first thing that came to my mind, which is why I'm gonna go with it. And I'm surprised that it's not potato related. Okay. But if I was on like a really long trip and I came back home and I would need to eat something, I would really just want like buttered toast, Mm. you know, like warm, buttery toast, maybe a sprinkle of like cinnamon or something on there. But there's just something about yummy buttery toast. That is so true. Now I want some. Like I like my mouth. Me too. Now I want buttery toast. Oh, man. (laughs) That's the complete opposite of what I was thinking. Ooh, sourdough. Okay, yeah. Oh. What were you thinking? I, uh, cause before you specify comforting foods, I was gonna say just comfort food, but I'm gonna maintain with this, it could not be more opposite. I think I would miss chicken tikka masala with cheese naan. And here's why. Uh, it is, Yum. It, it, it is a simple meal that has so many ingredients and so many factors to like mm. making it that it is like, something you simply could not at all have on the go. Whereas like I can have bread and cheese, I could be fine on that, but like I would miss like a hot bowl of something simple but complicated to conjure. Mm -hmm. And my biggest comfort food of all time is chicken tikka masala with cheese naan. Oh Uh, yeah. Cause it's it's basically a better version of tomato soup and grilled cheese. Like a hundred percent. Oh, that's tikka masala is so good. uh, just all those spices. Now my mouth is watering for that too. What can you do? Mm. Oh, that was a great question, Nessa. Thank you so much. That was so good. Oh, also, should we discuss um what uh what? help? What? <laughs> what? Should what <laughs> we should we discuss how we're feeling about the dwarves? If we have any favorites yet after this chapter? I know it's hard because you both have already read it, so you might have a favorite, but. I just had a little bit of enlightenment when we started meeting the dwarves a little more individually. Yeah, I actually thought about that. I mean, I think you mentioned this 
Kelsey, so maybe we're on the same page here. Um, but the fact that Dwalin, oh wait, no, was it Balin or Dwalin? Sorry. Um, I liked when Dwalin was like, don't be precise and don't worry. You'll have to manage without pocket handkerchiefs and a good many things before you get on the journey's end. And yes, how he lent Bilbo his cloak. I was like, aw, Dwalin's so kind. Mm -hmm. And I do think he's the one that I had in mind as my favorite when Mike first asked the question. But I'm going to have to keep monitoring that to see if that, because, you know, it's kind of hard to keep track of them. Yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, this is like the most we've seen of an individual dwarf so far besides Thorin. So obviously some other stuff could come up and change my mind. But I do love this first impression that we get of him, or I guess second impression. Um, But I could just totally feel that in the book he would, or in the movie, he would maybe do it with a little like friendly wink or something like, I got your back, don't worry. I know you're kind of in over your head. And I just really liked it. Maybe Dwellin was the one who gave me the red skittle. Like, mm. how beautiful and poetic would that be, honestly? Um, if you were in The Hobbit and you met Steve on the red carpet, can you please let us know if you were the one to give us the red skittle? <laughs> yes, Thank we you need so to much. know. Sing Silent Night with me. Uh, yes, oh, what a story. You guys, Dwellin is the one from Outlander. <laughs> oh my God. Perfect. So he's my favorite already, no matter what. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is like the perfect circle back. We bookended this episode perfectly with... With, with this. the Hobbit's uh, Battle of the Five Armies premiere, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Catch us next time with the Muppet. M-U-P-P-I-T. Oh, man. Oh, man. And so uh, what would William do? Um, yep. What would William do? <laughs> well, I think that is pretty much it unless anyone has anything else they want to add um steve i just want to say thank you so much for coming on i know that we've said it a couple times but seriously we love having guests on the show and you just bring such like a spark and an interesting perspective from the book and your own experience with the story so thank you so much for just having fun with us and sharing yourself with us thanks for having me and thanks for doing this thing you do Yeah, thank you so much. This is seriously so fun. And, you know, we love doing it. And just knowing that people like yourself enjoy listening and reading along makes it totally worth doing Um, just to know that people are enjoying, you know. So, um, everyone, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. We're going to be going through Chapter 3, A Short Rest. And don't forget to follow along on our Instagram. Uh, We will be posting, as always, our little question box a couple days before we record. So be sure to read along and let us know your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Hobbits at Heart. If you enjoy our podcast, please share, rate, and subscribe. And for exclusive content, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hobbits at Heart Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye!